einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Hello Megan and welcome to my podcast for a second time. Hi, thanks for having me back. I guess that, yeah. that means I did okay the first time. I probably shouldn't say this, but you're my favorite. <laughs> Don't tell everyone. <laughs> It's really, really nice talking to you and just getting your perspective and hearing your stories. And I also love listening to your podcast. So shout out Yay. to Balancing Stories. Yay. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm, mm -hmm. I really appreciate it because you often give me feedback. We message back and forth. And getting feedback, I'm sure you feel the same on an episode you did, is so validating because podcasting is a lot of work. And sometimes you wonder if anyone's, I mean, you see the numbers, but you wonder if anyone's listening, really. And so it's nice to get the feedback on, on the content you create. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what are we going to talk about today? You want me to say it or do you want to say it? You can say it. You can say it. <laughs> We're going to talk about open the door. And what yeah. does that mean? So I did an episode at the turning of the new year, so January 2022. I felt really motivated to do a solo episode, which is not typical for me. My podcast is typically interviews, like yours. And I was just feeling a lot of heaviness around life and the past two years anyone. And I wanted to find little things, tiny changes that I could make to my life to just release some of the tension, take off some of the weight, and to prepare myself for opportunity instead of grief and heaviness. And so I touched on a few different topics. It was actually over two episodes. And you listened to it and messaged me afterwards saying something that really hit home for you was the concept of open the door, which was one of my points. So maybe you should share why did that, why did that click with you? Yeah, open the door. It's also something I think I, I mentioned in my episode about Costa Rica. I have an mm. episode about that where I talk about serendipity and meeting my wife. I was in the university and I see this girl walk by. I've never seen this girl before. And I said, hi. And she stopped. And I'm like, what's your name? She's like, Jennifer. Like that moment changed my life. Opening myself up to that moment. Like that's why I'm here in Germany today. Like that's why I have this life. That's why I'm talking to you. And it's so crazy how like these little moments we're not even aware of can change the direction of your life. And yeah, I've seen it. Like I can give you lots of examples of how that's happened in my life, but just kind of getting it from your perspective, I'm like, yeah, I know what she's talking about. Yeah. And I, especially talking to you, you've been on my podcast, I've been on your podcast. And so we've heard a lot of each other's stories, including where we come from, who our parents were, even who our grandparents were. We're both the descendants of immigrants and then our parents who not just your parents moved country, but mine moved all around the U.S. to multiple states and that we both come from a legacy of 
seeking opportunity and taking chances and not necessarily asking themselves, ooh, do I fit the mold? But looking forward and saying, but what mold do I want to create? And so we're both kind of descendants of open-the-door people. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's exactly it. And it's so crazy how my parents' choices affects the way I make choices in my life. Yeah, and how we approach it. Yeah, Yeah. how I approach. I'm not afraid of risks. Mm. Because any risk that I take pales in comparison to the risks that my parents took. Like coming to Canada, three young children, two suitcases, can't speak a word of English, have no family, no friends. And okay, we're here now. Like anything I do will not compare to that. But that's why I'm not afraid. I'll Mm. take a chance. I'll try new things. And it's opened up like so many doors for me, so many doors. And that's kind of like what I want to encourage others is to not be afraid to explore something new. Yeah. And what I, like I said, in my episode that I did, it was about making small changes. And so even though our parents, their open the door was move to a different state, move to a different country, not even have a job waiting for them. You know, my parents said, we need a different environment for our family. And my dad didn't even have a job. They just went. But you don't need to make big moves to say you're opening a door. You, you simply said hi. You said hello. And that is opening a door. And so I'd, I'd love to hear another example. I'm going to like interview you basically. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear another one of your stories of where you felt it was a little thing that opened a door. A little thing, a little thing, because I'm, I'm very extreme. I'm I, very I get that. So I do a lot of like big things. A little thing. Well, I don't know if this is little. Maybe it's kind of in the middle. I came to Germany. I couldn't speak the language. So I said, what can I do here? Well, mm. when I lived in Costa Rica, I taught English. So let me see if I can do this again. My wife says to me, George, I don't think that's possible because how will you teach if you cannot explain it to your students in German? I said, well, let me try. Mm -hmm. So I put an ad on eBay Klananzeige. Oh. Yeah. For English Nachhilfe. And I remember the first person that contacted me, her name, I think is Anastasia. I think she might've been my first student. And that just the fact that I put my ad on eBay Clan and Saiga, I didn't know if this was going to work. But six years later, I've built a business where I'm working directly with companies, with uh, CEOs, and I'm able to move anywhere and continue to work and make a living because I work online. And it's like all I had to do was put an ad on eBay Clan and Saiga, and that has created the rest of my professional life here in this country. So was that little or big? I think I think that's a perfect example, especially since you started with, let's see what happens. That's a part of open the door is not that you have an expectation of what result will come of it. It's just that you open yourself up to whatever will come and whatever opportunity could come, but also that maybe nothing will come of it. And that's also okay. Yeah, I think so. I'm, 
I'm number one at trying things because I have new ideas every week. Like I go and I, and I, like my wife is working on her computer. She has her own job. And I'm like, Jen, I have a new idea. This is the best idea I've ever had. You're going to love it. She's like, George, give me five minutes <laughs> and then I'll listen to your idea. But like I have new ideas all the time. Like 90% of them are no good, but I still try them. <laughs> yeah. And I find that saying things out loud, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in my, I think I did, but part of open the door is saying it out loud to at least one person, if not as many people as possible, because you never know where a connection or a support or a link is going to come. So you kind of testing the waters with your wife, like, I've got this idea. And then maybe she goes, hey, actually, I know someone who's in that industry. Or you say it over dinner to friends and they go, um, I know someone. Or I've got someone you can talk to. You just never know. Yeah. I want to hear your stories now, though. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think one, <laughs> a very entertaining one, is it happened at Oktoberfest. So once upon a time at Oktoberfest, <laughs> I had been living here in Germany. I came as no pair, which is a whole nother open-the-door story. Um, but I was here as no pair, and then I became a tour guide, a walking city tour guide here in Munich to make money. Um, and to socialize. And I was out with some other tour guides and we were at Oktoberfest. We'd been there for a couple hours. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> and a friend of the other tour guide came by and we're all just having a good time. And he starts asking, you know, where I'm from, what I do, blah, 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 the usual. I had no intention of this being an open the door moment, but you never know. And so just having conversations with people, I said, well, you know, actually, I, I do have a degree and I studied this and I don't know what I want from the future. I think even saying that out loud is okay because it lets people know you're not fixed to anything. I'm like, I don't really know where I'm going. I'm doing this now. Maybe I could do something like this in the future. And he says, I think I've got a job for you. And he hands me his card. Why he had a stack of his cards in his later hosen, that's him, that's his story to tell. But he um, because it had been a few hours at Oktoberfest, says, email me later, I'll make you a star, you know, <laughs> one of these. <laughs> I ended up just an intern who was far too underpaid, but that's not the point. But from there, I did that internship, met a bunch of people. And was able to not move forward in that career. This is not the story you thought it was. I was able to say, this is not for me. And so from a fun day at Oktoberfest to an internship, I was able to walk through the door. I had opened the door to an opportunity to say, this is not for me. I don't want to sit at a desk and work on SEO and SEM. That's what I was doing. Uh, this is not for me. And so then I started other conversations with people saying, I know that's not for me. What other path could I take? Which was me opening another door. And now I'm here however many years later, and I went into the field of teaching, which I'm so happy about. And it's all because I tried one thing, I opened myself to another thing, and I just kept opening doors and opening conversations 
to find the right path for me. I really, really like that story. Thanks. I thought that it was just going to lead to the teaching job. No. But it led you to realizing, no, that's not the path I want. Yeah. I remember when I was um, thinking about university, like I had other friends who were also in that situation, like, oh, I don't know what to study, so I'm just going to take time off and just work. And once I actually got into university, I, I started, uh, I studied business administration. After a year, I realized this is really what I don't want to do with my life. And I switched. But the fact that I was in university trying something helped me realize what I didn't want, which was making progress. Mm. Whereas my friends just continued not knowing, so they didn't even try. Yeah. I felt the same about university. I was very happy. I went to Penn State. Some people might know that. The the system of the university I went to was that you had to do a bunch of other classes that weren't relevant to your major. So I took a sprinkling of science and humanities and math, with, which had nothing to do with anything I wanted to do. But I'm so happy now that that was the setup for the program I was in because I was able to check things off my list. I tried, oh, so many different things you know, biology, psychology. I did a Judaism class. I studied. So you're not a Jew. I am not. But it's very interesting to learn the history of different religions. It also helps when you're reading literature. There's a lot of crossover. Absolutely. But I found it so fulfilling to try out a lot of different things and know for certain I've tried it, not for me. Or I've studied it. I appreciate it. I'm happy I did it, but it's not a profession for me. And yeah, checking things off your list is a part of opening the door as well, I think. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. So I think for me, just the idea is at least try. Try. At least try. You don't know what. And I I feel like just from the experience that I've had here in Germany is a lot of times there's just a lot of pressure to get it right the Mm. first time. Right. Um, just kind of what I've observed. And it's like, I don't know, like you, they're afraid of making mistakes. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge for me as a teacher is helping my students change the way they think about learning. Because yeah. I tell them mistakes are part of the process. You're going to make mistakes. It's OK. That's how we learn. But they're like, no, George, the way I was taught is you had to get it right. I'm like, ah, so that's my biggest challenge with my students is helping them realize that it's okay to get it wrong. I think, you know, there's different cultural elements that come into this. I read a great book called The Culture Map, which is about cross-cultural communication and uh, so much more. But it really helped me understand when you're working with people from a different culture, why they're risk averse or not, why they're late to a meeting or not. All of these different things, and I think open the door to some people sounds it like the words associated with open the door are positive. They are exciting. There's opportunity. And for some people, the idea of open the door can be associated with negative words like risk and the unknown. And so depending on how you were raised and the people who surround you and what they're doing, open the door can be seen through a very different filter. Yeah. No, I think that's also important to have kind of like the, um, 
the understanding. I'll give you an example. With my wife is pretty traditional German in that sense. She doesn't like risk. Mm. She likes certainty. She likes safety. She likes knowing what comes ahead. So I think I scare her a lot. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I really scare her and that's not nice. So <laughs> I need to have more cultural understanding of where she's at and maybe take baby steps. <laughs> oh man, my wife has a lot of patience. <laughs> I'm I'm not doubting that. <laughs> I think all our spouses have patience with us, especially those of us who are very communicative. They're like, just slow down. <laughs> but I need that. I really need that balance in my life. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, a lot of the things that I perhaps pursue are not really beneficial to me or they're not a good use of my time. So I'll give mm -hmm. you an example. I say yes to almost everything. Like, hey, George, I have this idea. Yes. Like, I don't know what it is, but I say yes. So there was a situation where someone asked me if I wanted to sell sh women's purses online. Oh, George. And I said, okay, <laughs> why not? My wife said, are you sure, George? <laughs> Think about that. So there's certain ideas where I really, really have to like think. Yeah. <laughs> and having a wife that gives me those questions and say, okay, think about that. Is that a, like, do you think that that's something that is going to benefit you? Or I don't know. She'll, she'll, she asks good questions and then I can reflect on it. Sometimes I still go forward with these <laughs> ideas and other times I say, oh yeah, you're right. Perhaps that's not the best. Um, yeah, and, and I really need that. I really, really, I'll give you another short example. And then I have one question that I have for you. Oh, okay. About how you met your husband. So let me tell you this. Story first. <laughs> so I came back from Costa Rica with the feeling that in this season of my life, I need family. Mm. I, I want to be close to family. I want to spend time with family. I came back with that feeling. Here in the south of Germany, we're alone. It's just my wife and I. Yeah, and I've press. really loved it. Like I've had a really great time the last four years. I love the mountains. I love just the energy, people are very sporty. So I really love it. But I came back with the feeling I need family. But then I think like two weeks after, one of my friends was telling me that she's, she's married to an Italian and that she's going down to Italy to buy a flat. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So I start Googling houses in Italy and I find really cheap houses. You can buy a house for really, really cheap down there. Here in the south of Germany, we will never be able to afford a house. It'll never happen unless I win the lottery. So then I told Jen, let's go to Italy. I just found a house here for 80000 Like, you can have a big garden. We have like seven rooms. This is crazy. Let's go to Italy. And she's like, George, I thought you said that in this season of your life, you want family. How is that bringing you any closer to family? And I just stopped there. And I said, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I need her. Yeah. So before I get to your question, I do want to say that one of the other things when I was doing my episode about open the door, or it was the episode, they were like mini mantras for a new year. One of mine that was in the first episode was close the door. And it was about being able to say no to things. 
and being able to, even if you've said yes to it a hundred times and you've already gone down a path and you feel like, well, I've committed to this, I need to keep going. No, you're always allowed to close the door. And about taking inventory of our lives regularly and saying yes and no to things based on the season we're in and what we want to do moving forward, which can change. We're allowed to change. And so thank goodness for your wife that she knew that that was a close the door situation, not an open the door situation. Yeah. And I think that's a great distinction to have. It's not like, yeah, go and do everything. Yeah. Be open to things, but then also know when you need to close it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there's always nuance. It's my favorite word these days. So I want to know because it's I know it was in a bike shop. Tell me <laughs> How that I met story. my husband. Yes, I really want to hear that story. So once upon a time in a bike shop. Yes. Um, so my friends own a bike shop in downtown Munich. And so I had been helping out there. I helped paint the walls the first time they opened. I helped paint the walls the three other times we had to paint the walls. And it just became a routine that I checked in with them regularly, especially as a teacher who have, you know, I've got breaks, long breaks and summer breaks. And I didn't have kids, wasn't married. I would go down there regularly and hang out. And so I went one day and they were renovating one side of the shop, putting up these new racks on the wall. And they had some people in just kind of helping. They had scaffolding up and everything. It was very impressive. And the coffee machine breaks. And if you've ever been in a bike shop anywhere in Europe, you know how important the coffee machine is. It is a part of the bike shop culture. You just, you can't have a broken coffee machine. And so, as the helper in the situation, I start running around getting coffee orders. I'm going to go to the Italian place around the corner, get us some really nice coffee to keep us going during renovations. And so I'm walking around, and my now husband is up on the scaffolding with this big drill, like going into a concrete wall. And I said, Hey, new guy. And he, he kind of turns around and gets startled because I'm this outgoing, loud American. And I said, hey, I'm going for coffee. What do you need? What do you want? And, he, and, you know, his English is good, but he's just moved to Germany from Finland. He hasn't used English regularly in these type of social settings. And so he's like, um, well, I, um, and this is not a Finnish accent. Uh, <laughs> he says, I, I'd love a latte only if they have lactose-free milk. And I looked up at him in solidarity and said, I'm also lactose free. And that was it. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> and I don't know if that's an open the door moment because maybe it was. You have me thinking now. <laughs> I had just ended a relationship. I had just ended a relationship with someone who was also associated with this bike shop who might have actually been there on that day because we both agreed we weren't giving up our friends. So we had to just make it work. And so it was really funny when I met my husband that day. You know, I joke that that was like the connection, but it took months after that to really like solidify things. 
that um, I don't think I was open to another relationship, but I was open to meeting people and making connections. And so it started as a friendship. And it, you know, the conversation flowed and we found things in common and we had common values and goals despite being from very different places and having very different personalities. (laughs) We just clicked. And friendship grew too, you know, and it happens and these things go the way they go. And now we're married with two kids. Did you like him? Did I like him? Hmm. Or is that, and there's a reason I asked that question. Because Jen and I, we had a friendship for about two years. Yeah. Before uh, anything remotely romantic even became uh, an option. We moved a little bit faster than that. (laughs) Um, Did I like him? I wouldn't say that first day when I got him coffee. He seemed too nervous for me, honestly. But in just the following weeks, you know, there was an event. This I remember. We went to a birthday party for someone from the bike shop at a different place. And we were hanging out. And here in Germany now, you can't smoke inside. When I first moved here, you could. And so a bunch of people had gone out for cigarettes. I don't smoke, but I turned to him and I'm like, hey, new guy, um, do you want to go out for a fresh air break? I don't smoke, but should we go out? And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. And so we go outside together and I turned and I said, oh, thanks for coming outside with me. It felt a bit awkward in there because so-and-so is in there, my ex, because he's still a part of the crowd, right? And I said, I just needed like a break. And he goes, wait so-and-so? And And I went, yeah, so-and-so. And And he goes, oh, you're that Megan. Oh, he knew about you. (laughs) Well, he'd become friends with my ex because of the (laughs) the bike shop. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm that Megan. And we start talking. And I think that really broke the ice because then we had this, I don't know, like an inside joke of like, oh, I'm that Megan. And from that day on, you know, these little inside jokes connect you. Then you start talking about, I'm like, oh, what did he say about me? You know, (laughs) we just, the conversation grew to a different type of conversation. And naturally he asked, oh, well, what happened about the end of our relationship? And I said, you know, just this and that and values or direction in our life. And he filled in the blank, said, well, actually I'm, he didn't say it in this way, but you know, I'm that missing piece. Wow. I'm that thing that you were missing. He didn't say that. I felt that. Right. And so in a weird way, (laughs) the fact that we met over a conversation about my ex opened the door to having conversations about relationships in general, which led to us understanding that we wanted the same things from relationships and connected us even more in a very backwards way. (laughs) That's really, really cool. Yeah, I don't know if that's the story you were looking for. No, I'm not looking for any story. I'm just looking (laughs) to listen to your story, whatever that story is. But yeah, I think that's what it is. You say hi to people, you explore ideas, you listen. And sometimes you walk through the door and sometimes you decide not to. Mm. Or sometimes you peek in and then you say, oh, no, better not. And then you go back. Yeah. But I think the the least preferable option is to just stay in, like outside. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think a big part for me with open the door is could be phrased have the conversation. Just talk. I think often we you know, as people who maybe don't speak the language perfectly, people who come from a marginalized group, people who feel marginalized, often don't want to speak up. And I'll speak for myself as as a woman going into a lot of environments, it was, oh, if you're loud as a woman, you know, there are a lot of negative words that describe someone like that. Where if you're loud as a man, you're assertive. You're a bunch of positive words. And I needed to overcome what I was afraid people might think of me in order to open the door to so many things, including meeting my husband, because I was open to just talking and speaking up. I like that. At least have the conversation. Have the conversation. Thank you. I think this is a great way to end it. (laughs) Awesome. I look forward to the third episode with you. Oh, I look forward to it. I wonder what we'll talk about next time. (laughs) We will see. I'll listen to your podcast and then I'll get new ideas. Yeah. Always send me feedback. I'd love hearing your feedback. Exactly. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's always fun to talk to Megan. She asks really great questions and tells really interesting stories. I hope that like one day I can be as good as her at podcasting. So I can highly recommend her podcast to you guys. Check it out. I'll leave the link in the show notes. The question for today comes from Steve. Hello, George. Hello, everyone. I'd like to say a word about your podcast, George. I'm pretty much thankful to you for all the good advices and tips you offer us with your different experiences. But there is one thing you did not tell us. We all know that you are a great traveler, but which country was your favorite one? That's a good question, Steve. I've been to lots of beautiful places, but my favorite country in the world, without a doubt, is Guatemala. The landscape, the biodiversity, all of that is great, but that's, that's not why I love this country. What makes Guatemala so special is the people. Of this country. Some of the kindest, funniest, most hospitable people I've met in my entire life. Every time I go, I feel like a king because everyone treats me in such a special way. And the second reason I love Guatemala is because of the food. It's similar to Mexican, but it's not as spicy, so I can actually eat it. If you plan to visit one day, I can highly recommend Antigua, Laguatitlan, and Tikal. If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.